Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of a podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. The guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 439 of the My 123 Cents podcast. I am Kevin Huntsperger and joining me this week for another two is greater than one, my friend Tyler Heath Hatton. And Tyler, you know, it's been just over a month, almost two months now, I guess, since you your last match with Stride Pro Wrestling. You've kind of uh, been laying a little low, and uh, how are things going with you? Uh, uh, things are going great. I um, may be loud in the background, I don't know, I'm at the gym currently, um, but things are, things are going good, busy. You know, we are in, uh, you know, we spoke before, I'm a teacher and a coach, and we are in the middle of softball season, so, you know, having three, four, five games a week is my current uh, status, and um, that's uh, just where I've been. Um, you know, I've really, I feel like um, I have really the last, um, uh, since we spoke, I've, I've taken more interest in trying to watch wrestling. Mm. You know, I think we talked before that I never really got a chance, so... I've really tried to buy in and watch wrestling, um, whether it's Raw, you know, WWE or AEW, ROH. I've, I've really tried to make it an effort to watch stuff. And that's kind of the essence of this week's episode is kind of talking about wrestling through your perspective and your eyes. Because back, gosh, in July, I think it was of, of last year. Uh, of 2022 you and I did a bonus episode on Vince McMahon's retirement and you know obviously we've seen things evolve over the last two or three weeks I guess it'll be two weeks as this show drops that the the announcement the merger with um, Endeavor and and the UFC was announced you know when when all this talk was was happening around Vince McMahon once again kind of being back but not really necessarily doing creative but being a part and where did you think the company was going to go? Who was going to buy it? You know, there were rumors that Tony Khan was interested in it. And, um, you know, whether or not that is true, who really knows? Um, the Saudi Arabian uh, folks over there, allegedly interest there. I thought it was going to probably go either Universal or or Disney. Um, but I must say the, the UFC merger probably makes the most sense. But it also was, uh, it's, it's surprising to see Vince McMahon not in control for the first time in 40 plus years. 
You know, I really honestly, I didn't know who it was going to be. Uh, I did think, uh, we talked on here before, I think I told you on this podcast a couple of years ago, that I thought the whole thing was they were trying to sell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've always thought that was the plan. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I think looking back now, I think Mystic Man stepping down is because I think for a while now they've been working out this deal and I kind of feel like maybe they thought that what he had done and, and the things had, had was a bad look and scaring people away. Uh. Um, and then I, that's kind of what I think. And then I think they kind of realized like, no, <laughs> they don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I could, like I said, I could be wrong on this idiot, but I, I really felt like um, I never thought that uh, Disney was a possibility um, just because of, you know, the, I mean, if you look, I mean, it looks like, you know, Disney laying off employees and stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks like Disney's losing a bunch of money. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, I think that's kind of been what I've noticed. So I thought it might be somebody like a Fox, um, you know, or, or somebody like that, a, a television company that is, you know, trying to hang on maybe like a you know um like an at&t or, or somebody like that that you know is you know trying to, to you know basically build a brand or make some money and, and have mm-hmm. some money coming in that's what i thought um you know and you know or the saudis i thought it could have been you know mm. the saudis but you know when that stock talk started going but you know, I never thought Tony Khan was a possibility. Yeah. I think I think now we've kind of realized he's very big on trolling. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of what he does is put stuff out there, you know, to make people, you know, talk, and, which is smart on his part. Well, as we record this uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Nick Khan, not related to Tony as far as I know, uh, put out a, a, I don't know if it was a tweet or a press release or something, but basically... Confirming what a lot of fans, uh, or I guess uh, debunking what a lot of fans have been fearful of, and, and that is that Vince McMahon is not going to have any creative control, easy for me to say, and that Triple H will remain 100% in control of creative. I personally find that refreshing news. I do think Vince McMahon is an, an asset and will add, but I don't know that a lot of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's time for some fresh blood in there creatively. And I, I've been impressed with things that triple H has done since, uh, the quote unquote retirement of Vince McMahon back in August of, of last year. So what are your thoughts of, of triple H and, and being in this role of creative, because it's something, you know, with stride on a much smaller scale, but you know, you've always said that you have a passion for being creative and and booking and, and writing the stories as well. I think uh, that I, I honestly, you know, I really feel like uh, when I talk to people at WWE, I'm not trying to make myself look bigger than what I am, mm-hmm. but, you know, I have people that are there yeah. uh, that are friends, and we've talked about it before. And I've always asked, because at the end of the day, I always wore the Triple H mark. We've laughed about that. He was always my favorite. And so I've asked, you know, what is he like on a personal level? And, Everybody's always said he's one of the boys. You know, mm. Triple H is one of the boys, and I think from a 
from a creative standpoint, when you're one of the boys, it's completely different than when you're an owner. Because I think this big man is, it's his money. It's his money. It's his, it's his everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think he wants to be one of the boys, but when you fire people and you can cut people and release people, uh, I think it's really hard for people to view you as that. Uh, and so I think, you know, there's the Triple H, though, when you're one of them and you're riding in a car with them and you're hanging out with them, you know, I think it's, you, you view things differently and you view people differently when you're one of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think that's why booking is different when you're one of the boys than, you know, even on a smaller level at Stride, you know, I always felt like I was one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And that was the hard part was sometimes you didn't get to be one of them and you had to give them tough criticism or feedback. But it's easier when you're one of the boys and you've done it and you've been through it and you've lived it. And so Triple H has struggled with the terrorizing and, and all that stuff that he's went through. He knows what it's like to try to find himself in wrestling. So I think he can relate better than a Vincent Man can. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why the creative seems like it's better and comes across better because I feel like he's booking as one of the as one of the boys and, and you know and I think he has a little bit better grip on the fans. You know, I think when you're a billionaire and you live the life he lives, I mean, that's not a normal lifestyle. Right. You know, normal people don't have a private yet. Normal people don't live in gated communities. So it's really hard for people to relate to people. Totally agree. You know, you said you're you're trying to watch more wrestling. Um, I'm I'm going to assume that you watched WrestleMania. Uh, what were your thoughts? You know, I I know there was a lot of disappointment in Cody not winning uh, against Roman Reigns, and and in the back of my mind, I always thought that that was a possible <clears throat> a possibility. And I like the direction that this story is continuing to move in. It 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 still flows. It makes sense. And you know, again, I, I don't think that you necessarily it didn't take anything away from Cody not winning. And I feel like Cody is still being treated as, you know, top tier talent going in there with Brock Lesnar now. And, you know, this is the road, you know, pun intended, the road to next year's WrestleMania may have really started the night that WrestleMania ended and, and continuing this buildup of Roman as this dominant champion. And now Cody Rhodes facing his first hurdle and that being Brock Lesnar. You know, I kind of feel like WWE sometimes, this is their downfall. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not their downfall. I mean, obviously they're not going down, but they're the downside of WWE. I think sometimes they do stuff to be able to say they did it. So I kind of feel like they want to be able to have this moment on Raw or whatever where they can say Roman Reigns was champ for a thousand days. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I honestly feel like that's what it was. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. But my reasoning behind that is WWE does stuff like this, where they they do things just for that, to be able to post that and be able to say that. Because I think it's a talking point for years to come. Yeah. Is, you know, they, that is something they could do a documentary on, the Thousand Day Champ, and they, they can do all this stuff, and they can promote Raw as you know, the thousandth day, and they can do all this stuff, and I think that's why, and I don't, uh, I said, I said this when, when Cody Rhodes was at AEW, and I said, 
Cody Rhodes, in my opinion, is the biggest star in the world. I said that on this podcast, mm-hmm. and you disagreed with me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I think he is, he's the guy, the only guy that really stood up to WWE and went at WWE. There is, in my opinion, no AEW if it's not for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was the guy that left. He was the guy that stood up. He was the guy that put together all out. He was the guy that got with Tony Khan. He was the guy that came and did all this. And he was the one that built it. And that's why he got so popular. Because he stood up to all of them. He was the only one that really had the, the guts to do it. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he went to indie shows and, and wrestled, but he had a bigger vision than going and making money off indie guys. So I always felt like he was the guy. And I think even now, I think he is still the guy. It's the, the guy that people want to see because he's stuck at the WWE and now he's back. And for them to give him the, the title would be like embracing that he stuck it to him and he, you know, came full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I said, I just, I feel like I do think it's disappointing because I think, you know, he should have had that moment. And I think it's going to come back around. I don't think you can bury him now. I mean, I think he's going to go against Brock Lesnar and whatever. And they're, and they're building that story to bring him back to Roman Reigns. Um, but, you know, and just, just, just my thoughts are, you know, is if they do this stuff, I, you know, I think it was the year that the girls headlined WrestleMania. I felt like that it was great that they did that and they had that moment. But I felt like that year, it was Kofi Kingston. Like, he had kind of stole the show that year mm-hmm. you know and and he had like and I, I remember like after that like how flat the crowd was like after he had won because it was Kofi mania that year you know and it right was like everybody and i felt bad for the girls because any other year it was in like yeah ron rousey and charlotte flair but it was to me it was like oh shit you know shoot sorry. <laughs> but, you know you it was just that year it was Kofi was the you know, I felt like he was the one, but they did it just to say, no, we, you know, we want to be able to promote this later. So I feel like WWE does that, where it's like they they pass up on things to be able to say, you know, this is, you know, kind of like them passing up on Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, we already said that Cody Rhodes is going to be in there. You know, um, you know, why not make it a triple threat? You know, I mean. So, I mean, anyway, it's just, to me, they do things just to be able to say they did it sometimes. And, you know, I mean, it's probably, again, they're a billion-dollar company, and and I'm not. So, you know, I mean, they, they have reasons now why they do things. Sure. That was just my opinion, is and I felt like they did it just to be able to say that they had a thousand-day chance. Well, what is your take on this? Because what you said kind of resonated and reminded me of some other things. You know, I, I don't think any other company, you know, obviously WWE is the biggest of, of all time and, and probably will forever be, even with this merger going on. Um, you know, a lot of times, quote unquote, wrestling journalists or fans in general will blame WWE for fumbling so-and-so's push or they didn't. They dropped the ball with this guy, or or they didn't do this woman right. Um, to a degree, I I can see some of that, but how much do you think it also lies in the talent? Because obviously, 
WWE is not going to come out and defend every decision they make and, and say, well, we did it this way because this wrestler was not up to performing. They were not, you know, at that level. They were having personal demons, whatever the cases may be. But, you know, obviously the wrestlers then do these shoot interviews and they crap all over the company or Vince McMahon or whatever. But I think a lot of times the onus is on the performer themselves. It's not necessarily WWE failing them. It's them maybe not reaching and and succeeding and, and fulfilling their destiny. And I know maybe in stride this has happened or you've seen it in other indie companies where maybe a wrestler thinks that they're more than what they really are or can really perform and do in the ring. Oh, man, that is that is the one thing that I told the new owners of Stride when they took it over, mm-hmm. is sometimes you think somebody is going to draw and be money, and it's they ball. Mm-hmm. And that has happened. I, that's the one, the one hardest part that I had to come to terms with with those are people that I just thought were the, you know, like, oh my God, this guy's so good, and I love watching him, and you put him out there, and nobody pays to see him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'll never forget, you know, that was, we've talked about it before, there was a show where he's, you know, we thought that we had, I had money with somebody, and I remember you coming to the back and being like, people are leaving and drove, and like, uh, and then uh, we had a, a guy to take photographs named Steve. Mm-hmm. And Steve texted me and said, people are filing out. And it was during the main event. Yeah. And we had like 400-some people there. And I walk out, and there's maybe 100 people left. And I never would have thought that. Yeah. And um, and you're just like, you know, wow. You know, and you are, you know, just blown away. And, um, you know, and I'll never forget that show. I was in a... We were in a locker room, and I was next to Axe, and it was actually me and Axe that wrestled the DR party, and and it was after our match that people left, and I'll never forget Axe telling me, like, people pay to see you, and I, and I, you know, and that's hard, that was at the time, I didn't, it was, Stride was still younger, yeah. and, and he was like, you know, and he and Axe told me, and you know, and, and anybody can have message him and Axe. I never forget this conversation. Axe said, you know, that you set them because the people have paid to see you, and um, and they saw you, and now and now they're done. You you've made our storyline the main event by not meaning to. Right. And it, and I, and so then I kind of realized, like, okay, I need to use myself to bring these people up. Um, and then, and then from there, I learned really how to book and how to book for myself and, and other people. Um, but I think WWE is the same way. I think you have plans for people, and they get out there and they just don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to have those main event matches. You know, um, how to capture the crowd. You know, I think that's just the way it is. You know, I mean, it's it's like Charlotte Flair. She has figured out how to have a main event match. Yeah. Like she fills the show almost every time she wrestles yeah. because she knows. Like if I have a match, it don't matter when I have it; it's going to be a main event match. Um, and I think AJ Styles is that way too. Uh, well, do do you? Do you yeah. And kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, obviously, probably the last 
15 years at least, but maybe even longer. You know, you just mentioned the word WrestleMania and tickets sell out like that. You know, they don't have to announce Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant or, you know, big matches to sell those tickets very quickly. Um, now with AEW announcing that they're going to do a show at Wembley, which has a capacity, I'm not sure what the capacity is, but I'm guessing 70 or 80,000 people potentially. Um, is the brand big enough to live off of just the brand or are they going to have to pull out some big stops? You know, I've seen names like Goldberg and CM Punk um, thrown out there as wrestling each other, ironically enough. But do you feel like AEW needs a big time uh, attraction to fill that stadium? And then what kind of momentum will that lead to then when they're back here in the United States? I think, uh, you know, I, I think AEW, that's the one thing I've really focused on is trying to watch them more. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I've noticed about them is, and I've, and I've said it before, and I and I watch, and, you know, and I, I feel like I pretty much have a good understanding of wrestling. But when I watch, I notice that there's not a whole lot of emphasis on the sports. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's more on the wrestling. Um. And so, I think people, when they buy WrestleMania, you know there's going to be a story. You know that they, and WWE does such a good job, and it's a a job, I I can't stand it a lot of times, but they really focus on on the video packages and reminding you of the story and putting it in your face before each match so that way you understand. that I feel like is why, is why people really tune into WrestleMania mm-hmm. because they're going to get to know the story, so they're going to be invested in the match. Why are these two fighting? Why are these two having this this match, this altercation? And um, I think you know AEW is you know they they haven't lost. I don't feel like I don't feel like they've lost fans, um, but I feel like they haven't gained any. Right. Um, you know, just by judging. You know, just what I've seen, and I think it's because they, they, I think they, you know, and I think I think I was a lot that way at Stride, and I really decided to focus on my core fans, keeping my core fans paying, and I think that's what AEW's focus. And I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but you know, you hear other people on podcasts say the same thing. Um, so I think. If AEW really wants to grow, this is just me being an idiot, is to spend more on building the stories a little bit better. And But I think a lot of people complain about WWE and the stories and the matches going too long. Mm-hmm. So I think it's trying to find that happy medium. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, and I like that AEW is around and, and gives people, gives fans, but also gives the, the wrestlers uh another opportunity and now that ring of honor is seemingly you know under the tony khan umbrella as well and and growing i i did watch that that pay-per-view um super card of honor a couple weeks ago um i didn't know a lot of the talent on there i mean the ones that i did know were the you know the claudio castagnoli and and samoa joe and and guys who had, had worked in wwe before so but i you know i i don't have you know i i joke about it more than anything offline not not usually on social media about you know former wwe talent going to aew but 
I mean, ultimately, you know, you, you got to think just because one company doesn't have the opportunity for you that you shouldn't give up and, and go somewhere else. So, and AEW smart to use some of those names and, and, and boost their talent uh, if they do it properly. And I, and I've, I've been hot and cold with it, with what they have done, but I think you're right that, you know, they do, if they, if they focused a little bit more on story and, and not worrying about, you know, all those five or six star matches, um, that's great too. But like I said, I, I like to see a good story. Uh, you know, like we said before, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant was the draw and the story at WrestleMania three, but Randy Savage and, and Ricky Steamboat was the best match and still revered today, 30 plus years later. So, um, you know, as we were talking earlier about stride, you've stepped away, uh, you know, and are taking a, a hiatus. I have been, uh, released of my duties with the company and, and kind of, uh, you know, on the real world side of it, I just decided that I, it was time to take a little bit of a break and kind of step back and, and collect my thoughts or whatever. Um, you know, seven plus years of, of going monthly with, with shows and sometimes a couple shows a month. And there were a few times we did three a month. Uh, it was a hell of a ride, an amazing opportunity. And I'm grateful to you again. Uh, I know I say this, but, uh, you know, one, bringing me into announce, but then two, giving me the opportunity to wrestle uh, multiple times throughout the last seven years has, has been really uh, an amazing opportunity, an amazing highlight for me. And I, I couldn't be more grateful, but I'm also excited to kind of step back and, like you said, enjoy it more from a fan's perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, it, you know, for me and you, I mean, it became where um, we come from companies that just flat out failed, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. and me yep. and you were part of those, you know, that just crashed and burned. And, and so I think, Oh, me and you are the only two really left standing from those companies right. you know that yeah. and through stride and, and um, you know we, we really had an opportunity to see what worked what didn't work what people wanted down here and I mean we I mean we grew stride to gigantic levels right um, and uh, you know I think you know, you know, I was actually talking to someone the other day, and they were asking, and, and I told them that what's funny is we hit a place in 2020 where we had Stradiversary, and the COVID happened. Mm -hmm. But right before that, we were looking or talking about switching venues again. Yeah. Because we had outgrown right. that place. And we had got to where we were turning people away, and we were trying to figure out leaving. And then, honestly, when, when COVID happened, um, it just kind of, you know, it was, it was just a, it, it, it was too long of a break. And, you know, and, and me and you had, you know, different venues and diff or different ideas, different ideas, different parts of our life, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Yeah. I mean, you switched jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I switched jobs. <laughs> and so, um, and then it it became to where um you know it was i had realized now stride will what we've built and the fan base that we've built it can just it can survive on its own 
and it can. I think it doesn't. It doesn't matter really who runs it. I think wrestling now, if they continue to to do strides the way that we did it, uh, it'll it'll survive um, with with stories and and booking and and you know using local talent, using local people because that's who your crowd is. They want to come and see people that they can see in Walmart and. And, you know, using the trainees, I think that will, but also there's opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. And I think me and you were at a point to where we really didn't want to spend the time and effort to grow it, uh, you know, anymore. Right. Uh, there is a, so much room for growth. But, you know, the, the main reason that we kept the building was because I didn't want to set the ring up and tear it down every month. Right, yeah. It's just an all-day thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it was, you know, I mean, there were days when you were at a chili cook-off all day and you left and came there in time for the show or, you know, you and your wife had stuff or you were going to, you know, see your kids and then showing up right before. And I was the same way yeah. where I was at a softball tournament leaving and, and driving there to wrestle and then leaving and driving back. And, um, so there's no way we could set up a ring and tear it down and, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, uh, again, kudos to you. And, and I know me and you had talked, and I had told you that I was, you know, wanting to step away and, and let it go. And, and you were basically like, look, I'm, I'm here because we're friends. So, uh, you know, I kind of figured that you were going to go, you know, uh, with me. And, um, you know, and I think it's nothing against anybody that's still there. I mean, we're still friends with all of them. Right. But it was, um, I don't think, you know, me and you have been dealing with Southern Illinois wrestling now for 13, 14 years. Yeah, wow. I mean, this, you know, this is, you know, I mean, we have been through some, I mean, <laughs> the disaster that was for wrestling collision that just was awful and the success at APW and, and then the success of Stride. And it's just, you know, it's time for somebody else, I think to come in and, and take it over. And that's kind of what me and you both decided. And, you know, and, and to be honest, I mean, you were only beneficial when you were on the news anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> nobody really needs you around anyway. So. Just my curtain to uh, make a locker room at the Sioux Drive Center, which Stride is going to be back at the Sioux Drive Center uh, on Saturday, May 6th. So be sure to check that out as well. And of course, uh, on social media, you can check Tyler, myself out, as well as my one, two, three cents in Stride Pro Wrestling. Tyler, as we wrap things up, anything else you want to add this week? No, I mean, I just want people to still go out and, uh, you know, support Stride, as I know you do. Um, I'm sure me and you will show up at a Stride show. And, you know, that, I had people messaging me asking if I was still coming to the show last month. And, um, I still come and watch, and I actually, you know, had some of the boys message me and ask if I'd watch their match and and and, and ask me to give them feedback still. And you know, that is, you know, that 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 is more what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy performing, um, but you know, this is this is crazy. I didn't realize this. I was talking to Herb Simmons the other day, and I didn't realize this. Because people ask, you know, how could you walk away from Stride or whatever, and, and you know how successful it was, and you know your dream, blah blah blah. But 
but I, I did not realize this till the other day. I started Stride when I was 30 years old. <laughs> A pop. So I started Stride when I was 30. I opened up Stride. But by the time I was 30, and I know The Rock main, main event at WrestleMania against Stone Cold at 26 or whatever, and Randy Orton won the golf twenty-six. Obviously, more people have been way more successful <laughs> in the wrestling world than I have. But for Southern Illinois wrestling, for growing up, my graduating class had 48 people. My hometown has 900 people in it. Wow. But, but coming from that, um, by the time I was 30, I had wrestled for Impact Wrestling. I had wrestled for OVW on TV. I had, now this is back when OVW was... It's still prestigious, and I still love that place to death. But back when I wrestled for him back then, it was Impact's developmental, mm. and and it was very cutthroat. And uh, but I wrestled for OVW on TV. I had wrestled for WWE. I had done two private tryouts. Uh, I had wrestled for uh, WWE pay per view. Um, I had been an extra, I think five times or six times at that point. Um, I had done a, a dark match for ROH. I, by the time I was 30, I had done all of that. I had been SICW's champion. Um, I, you know, I had been, I had just booked to go overseas and wrestle. So, oh, yeah. when I started Stride at 30, I had already accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that until I was talking to her. And I had told them, I said, I think it's just, I'm very goal oriented and I got to be able to set goals and go achieve them. And with stride, it was like, there was always this new goal that I needed to achieve that I needed to do that. I, whatever it was, I needed to, to prove that I could do this. And I would always find things like the Royal Rumble, booking that, like, um, you know, booking the ballpark. I mean, just all this stuff, the Ironman matches, um, and then, you know, the casket matches, but all this stuff, the, the stories that I told for other people, the buried alive matches, like there was always something to draw me, to keep me interested. And I think the fact that I had accomplished so much by the time I started Stride, there was really nothing left for me to accomplish. You know, I, I told this story before it was. I knew I got an email from WWE asking me to come and do extra work, and I turned it down. Yeah. And I and I knew then. And I remember I sent you the, yeah. the email, and you were yep. like, "What the f?" Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I, I, uh, at that point, I realized like I never, I didn't want to go there anymore. I didn't want to do that. And so then I put all my effort into stride, and I think since 2020, I just I've lost that urge to put all my effort and time into it and um you know and that's just it's just crazy to me you know the more that that you know i realize now that stride is is moving on and going to be successful without me and without you and i'm like i sit back and i think you know i just had my birthday and i'm like man i did a lot of really cool stuff and it's short amount of time yeah and then I look back at, like, you know, since then, you know, the stuff that I've been able to do and the people that I've been able to help and, 
you know, and, and, you know, it's little things, you know, where it's like seeing Peyton Ayers on Young Rock. Yeah. Seeing, you know, seeing Garrett and Logan on OVW, um, seeing Roger uh, Mathis on OVW, like, if I don't start Stride, that doesn't happen. Yeah, true. And, I, and that's just, you know, that is, it's uh, just crazy to me that all these people get to, to live out their dream and do all this cool stuff and, and all that stuff is like, that doesn't happen. You know, I don't feel like if, if I don't start Stride. So it's, uh, you know, as I get older and I am getting older and I look back and that's just the stuff that I'm like, that's cool to me, you know, is, is, you know, I did all this stuff with, with no help. Yeah. You know, Shane Rich, you know, he was the one that really helped, helped me get out there a little bit. But other than that, you know, it was, you know, I had to call, beg, plead, suck up, you know, drive 12 hours to, to beg somebody to give me an opportunity. And, and it was awful, you know, and it, and, you know, it caused strain on my personal life and caused strain on my wallet family mm-hmm. but i think because we have stride i feel like that's helped people not have that not have that problem not have that that issue so that's what i'm most proud of and, and then also you know you got to wrestle and you know if, <laughs> if it wasn't for me you wouldn't have ever made it true that is true well, I appreciate you again, and I appreciate you being a part of this week's show. And we'll have uh, more, you know, we will continue to do this podcast and, and share our perspectives on different things. Maybe do a, a Q&A at some point. I know there are some other things in the works that will share those details in the future. But, uh, Tyler, once again, I appreciate you being here, friend. All right. Thanks, Marcus. All righty. Friends, thank you for listening, and we will talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.